0: You're listening to How I Sell, a podcast built for early career sales professionals. You'll hear stories, best practices, and guidance from top sales leaders on what it takes to become a sales superstar. Today's episode is made possible by Ramp Careers. Ramped is on a mission to build the next generation of workforce-ready talent. Hey everyone, joining us today is Gordon Lawson. Gordon is the chief revenue officer and president at Range Forest. Prior to Range Forest, Gordon held senior sales roles at Reversing Labs, Cofans, Potometry, and a few other companies. Thank you, Gordon, for joining us today.
1: Thanks, George. So Appreciate the opportunity.
0: Gordon, uh, you and I caught up a little bit, you know, before we hit the hit the record button. But for those that that don't know you, uh, who is Gordon Lawson?
1: Well, it's funny. I, I I don't often do podcasts just talking about myself. It's usually about the company. So I hopefully I'll I'll get this right. And uh, first of all, just want to thank you for making some time. But um, I started my career as a naval officer. I went to the Naval Academy, um, served on active duty for five years. And it's funny, you know, when you're um, when you spend kind of those first sort of ten years of your life in college and then in the military, you don't. Sometimes you don't really know what you want to do. And I think it's it's a common problem, even if people don't go to a service academy, even if they're just getting in the military. It's kind of like, well, what do I do next? You know, I have uh, trained how to uh, to drive ships, how to how to, how to board ships, how to jump out of planes, whatever, you know, whatever you get trained to do. And it's like, well, how does that translate to the, to the commercial world? Um, and so when I was getting out of the Navy and transitioning, I remember people talking about, Hey, you could go into finance, you could go into manufacturing and kind of do that. Or, you know, some of you uh, might want to become sales professionals. And so um, I heard that and I was like, oh, you know, that, that sounds really, really interesting. Um, um, you know, I think that especially just being sort of a um, very independent in my approach and, and liking to kind of set my own schedule as much as I could, um, you know, sales sort of offers a lot of that flexibility. And I think also it's a, it's a very results driven um, type field. So, so, you know, background in the military. Then, then looking at some sales opportunities and, and really started getting into my first uh, couple sales jobs were really uh, defense contracting focused, focused roles. Um, but it was um, still, you know, very interesting to be able to get out and, and really you know you're truly being held accountable for your results
0: that's an amazing uh, amazing story Th- thank you for two things one for for your service and second for normalizing not knowing where you want your career to go early on i think that there's so much pressure these days on having a set plan or a set strategy and you know I guess in, in hindsight were you able to predict as a freshly minted graduate of the naval academy that you'd be president of range force and having this conversation with us today uh <laughs> how, what i mean back then what was your thinking like where did you think your life would go
1: you know i it's funny i look at like my naval academy graduation uh book, and i it was i wrote something about wanted to be an attorney right and i thought maybe i would you know do my five years in the navy go to law school um, I had, I had, you know, family members who had been attorneys and I thought maybe that was what I was you know supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one thing I will say that I think helped, helped guide things and maybe helped guide things to get into, you know, executive leadership roles is that literally from the time you enter the Naval Academy, you're learning about leadership. And I think anyone, if you're in the military, you're learning about leadership. You're either being led and you're learning what good and bad leadership looks like, or, or, you know, then you're, then you get you get out to the fleet or to a ship or to a squadron of aircraft, and you have to lead um, you know fairly young people, and and you're already pretty young yourself. You know you're 21, 22 years old. So I think you know it's really about understanding people, and 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 to me that's exactly what sales management and executive leadership is about. It's about understanding people, putting the right people in the right seats, and getting the most the most out of people, um, and 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 hopefully you know you're feeling f- fulfilled by what you do but most importantly you want them to feel fulfilled and motivated otherwise you're just not gonna you're not gonna have a successful company and so the military is a great training ground for that um you know keep in mind people you don't they don't get to volunteer well they volunteer to go in but when you're out doing missions they either do it or they get in trouble right? mm-hmm. so they have to follow those orders so that cultural aspect of making sure they're engaged and motivated becomes i think even more important than maybe it does in the normal civilian world
0: you know it's interesting that you bring that up i think that to your point there's a lot a lot of parallels between being a leader in the armed forces and also kind of bringing those skills uh, into the business world Um, i've had the, the the fortune of uh, of, of working alongside you know, back in my days so of investment banking. To your point, uh, there were a good number of folks that uh, went to the uh, went to West Point that kind of graduated out of there, uh, did their stint, and then came in and joined finance. Um, and you know, I had a lot of respect for them, just the the tenacity, the discipline, the drive, and the general way that they'd approach daily life was it was unparalleled. So definitely something there. One of the other things that you mentioned was that early on. As you were deciding uh, about making the transition, you mentioned that you considered a, f- a few roles, a few opportunities, a few industries. Who did you speak to? Um, was there you know, someone or a group of people that were instrumental in guiding you or nudging you towards towards sales?
1: Yeah, you know um, I mean I, I, I think was very fortunate just growing up. I grew up in, in Silicon Valley and I had uh, you know relatives I had a, a very close cousin that was had always been in technology sales. And so I grew up you know, watching how he operated and, and really built really amazing relationships with people. And so you know, I sort of had that foundation. I had a, a mother who'd been a, a, a school administrator and, and talk about another place where you have to um, absolutely build an incredible team and, 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 and you know get results and, and, and I, w- I would say as complex an environment as you'll find anywhere you know in in education so you know i think i felt like i had some really great role models growing up and got to see um how they interacted with people and so you know i i i always kind of felt like i i really did um want to to work with a team and 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 be a part of a a great team and and so all of those kind of factors I think helped that decision.
0: And and, and you and make you the make decision. decision. Um, you spend your uh, first few years in sales. Mm. Um, do you recall any kind of turning points or pivotal moments that upgraded you, for the lack of a better word? Right, because sometimes you you run yeah. into some experiences or people that just take you to the next level. Uh, any anything that you're you're willing to share?
1: Well, yeah, no. And I think it's always the it's the, the wake up moments or the tough moments. Right. I remember a call early on from a sales manager and she said, hey, what have you been doing this week? And, you know, I thought that I was doing all the activity that I needed to do. And she's like, you know, basically the conversation was um, you don't get medals for trying. You get medals for results. Right. And you know, and I think there's actually I think Bill Parcells. There's I was I was driving up to New Jersey uh, a couple of days ago, and there's a there's a billboard that says that. She didn't say it quite like that. I'm 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 going to quote quote Coach Parcells there. But but that that's what sales is all about. Is you know you got to have put in the effort and have the activities to get those results. And if you're not getting them, you know I think it's very easy to delude ourselves that we're doing all these great things. But if those if those things aren't working. And you got to be nimble and you got to change and that kind of wake up call from a manager earlier in my career was like, Hey, I I may think I, I got this figured out, but it's not moving the needle and it's not moving the needle. Then, then I got to have the humility and the agility to to, to change course. And I think that those are the kind of discussions um, you can imagine. I, you know, I have those discussions now with people and I, uh, and, and I and I always want to be open to them myself. I always want to be, I think, radically open-minded to see if there's a better a better way to do something, that to, to really optimize the outcomes on it. It's
0: interesting what you say, especially with uh, with with early stage companies, right? Where you know you have a great product or service, um, and I know that Range Force has gotten quite a bit of attention. Um, Raised a significant sum of money recently. Um, congrats on that. And as you're thinking about kind of building and scaling the business in, in North America, which which I know is your you know mandate of the year, building and scaling your sales team. How do you find that balance, right? Because one, you have to have some processes in place, some training in place, so that folks can come in and start delivering results. And yet the model may not have been perfected yet. And I just mentioned that people need to be nimble and, and, and adapt to it. So as a sales leader, how do you strike that balance? Well, I, I think there's a
1: couple things. I think there's a couple of things that you, you got that goes into that consideration. And I'll say there's there's the human factors and then there's the process factors. So, so the human factors, especially early stage. This is the Range Force is a great company um, founded by, by three gentlemen in Estonia. Um, we're a U.S. company, but I was the first employee in the U.S. Um, in July of last year, right? And so we had this, ba- basically this really blank blank slate in terms of go-to-market. We had a great product, but a blank slate and go-to-market. And so the first challenge was I needed to find the right people to fill the roles who had the fortitude to deal with basically a, a very low revenue amount and that they were going to be really the, the tip of the spear, Trying to identify opportunities and, and get those get those deals closed and those people you know they they worked very hard it's 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 a challenging environment but then fast forward a year and sometimes you know you need you just need different people post Series A you need you need different people who maybe have been at more established companies who are used to expanding into current accounts who have different skill sets so you know, you're always looking I think for. For the right people you always want people to grow with you but then you gotta you know add add people at, at different times along that journey and make sure that they're there and i think the other thing on the process side is important too um you know you, you were an investment banker so you you get metrics and this is if there's one piece of advice i would say to, to new sales professionals it's like learn the metrics of your trade and i don't think it's ever too early to do this you know what do those metrics look like i mean they look like obviously what is the difference between bookings ARR, and revenue understand those things understand what customer acquisition cost is li- is and how you calculate it understand the sales efficiency metrics the beauty of the internet is none of these things are rocket science uh, finance guys may, may may pretend like they are and they kind of keep it close hold but anyone can figure out what those things what those things are and you know mm-hmm. work with your managers have them explain that to you if you don't understand it how important those things those metrics are and building a process that optimizes those metrics in the business to me builds a scalable machine so get the right people build the right process around those key indicators and that's where i think you know you get that 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 get that flywheel moving in a business you're going to have hiccups along the way but then when you see those hiccups that's when you need to change course and adjust some tactics but if you're building the foundation on those things, then usually you don't have to, it's a small tweak. It's not like a total change in strategy.
0: And, and, these, and these metrics, metrics um, you, don't you don't think, think, that, think there's that there is a, a too early to, early to learn? learn. Um, um, say you're a, it's a graduate, graduate, out of college, out of college still at
1: I think so. Um, there's a great venture blog by, um, uh, by a gentleman at Redpoint Ventures. Um, very easy to read, very succinct. I'd encourage everyone, I think its name is Tomas Tungses. Um, I'd ver- encourage anyone who wants to get into sales, especially SaaS sales, um, just, just sign up for his blog. Um, that kind of thinking in those terms, even being right out of, right out of college, first of all, it allows you to interact with finance professionals more effectively. And I think a sales professional who can speak the world of finance, it's gonna it's gonna do do you um, a great benefit for the future. But you know, metrics aside, probably the most important thing if you're coming out of school is and once again, investment banking is the epitome of this. You got to be willing to roll up your sleeves, be humble, and work super hard. You know, a lot of the entry level positions that I see that we would hire for coming out of school. Would be a, a business development representative or a sales development representative, mm-hmm. just like just like a, a future stockbroker. That is someone who needs to make a hundred calls, hundred emails a day, and needs to book meetings for the business. And you know that, that I think you just got to have the um, the stomach to to do that and to know that people are going to hang up on you, people are going to be rude to you, but it's kind of like you got to pay your dues a bit. Do that, you you're going to understand how to talk to people. You're going to understand how to talk to people who don't want to talk to you, um, and then you're going to understand how to you know present a product and your service with value, and that those are those are also invaluable skills. I mean, to, to, to be frank, those are more important than those than those metrics to learn. Um, but but you know it's kind of like the homework at night. Learn the metrics too, and then you're going to have a leg up on everyone else.
0: That's really good feedback. I I wish uh, I had started a a career as an SDR or a BDR because I ended up doing it much later, uh, professionally, and you know it was a it was a bit of a punch punch to the gut. It was it, it bruised my ego when I felt like, hey, here I am having done X, Y, and Z, and I started making cold calls and people would just hang up on me left, right, and center. And I think you know it's it's a lot easier when you're if that's the first job that you're doing because I don't know how else to put it, but you don't know any better, and so that gets normalized so quickly. And if you're able to stick around and learn how to roll with the punches and uh, to your point, uh, have some mental fortitude. Uh, it looks like that'll position you for long-term success. What are some things that you've seen SDRs and BDRs in your experience do wrong in year one? That's a great question.
1: I mean, first of all, we have an incredible team who's doing a phenomenal amount of, of, of demos per month. So I feel like I've been so lucky to have just, just awesome folks that, um, and, and, and led by an awesome leader. But you know what 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 are some of the, the the shortcomings there here's one once again the the digital world has provided us with amazing tools i think linkedin is one of the most powerful ones so if you're doing calling cadences with outreach or sales for, sale, sales off for example why would you not look up that person's name in linkedin because maybe you're going to have a 10% or a 5% connect rate as you're going through that automatic dialer but if you do hit that person and they went to the university of michigan hey wouldn't it be good to have some some level of connection about Wolverines football if you get them on the line? Because you d- you did a little research, and I think you know that's the that's obviously the one way that a BDR can do it. But probably one of the other biggest mistakes that I see even enterprise sales reps making is at the end of the day, sales salespeople are like intelligence officers. You need to know everything you possibly can about that prospect, about that customer. Using LinkedIn, you need to know about their company, about where their company. Maybe their company had bad earnings this quarter. Um, maybe the stock prices through the roof, all of those things is kind of a, you know, a body of knowledge, whether you're a BDR or a VP of sales,
0: understanding
1: that background gives you so much more context and preparation and, and really ups your chances of being successful in the sale. I love
0: that analogy between uh, being an intelligence officer and, you know, an SDR or a BDR. Uh, I think that there's a lot of merit to it. You know, on the one hand it it seems like a no brainer. Um, and on the other hand, a lot of people don't do it. I continue to get LinkedIn messages that are, I know, are some kind of an automated blast, absolutely no personalization, uh, or it refers to a job that I'd held four years earlier and trying to sell me a product or service. I wonder what the challenge is. Is it, is it laziness? Is it, uh, is it bad sales leadership and not enough guidance? You know sometimes i I feel for folks that are just starting out their careers right because they're like a sponge and some folks may have the i don't want to call it hustle but they may but they but they might be able to figure things out whereas others law of averages may need a little more hand-holding yeah Uh, and i and i suspect if it's a if it's a function of sales leadership uh, is that what folks are expecting their teams to do spray and pray uh, as opposed to being a little more thoughtful Uh, and again to your point activity metrics matter right because Folks say, well, you're gonna make your 100, 100 dials, so you're sending 100 emails. But to a point, if the results are not working, then you need to kind of revisit your activity metrics and say, well, maybe it's okay to send 50 emails to the extent that they're very carefully crafted. Um, right. I think it's finding that balance.
1: You know, I was much more activity metric focused five, six years ago than I am now. I think, you know, it's much more results results focused and giving people some more flexibility. I mean, there, there, there's some core metrics that we have about pipeline build for enterprise reps, and we do have some, especially for for our newer BDRs, some of the calling and emailing metrics. Uh, you know, if you're in the UK, for example, LinkedIn messages are probably going to be much more effective and also more compliant legally mm-hmm. than than calling. So, so you know, you got to be got to be flexible about it. But you know, you you brought up a great point about the hustle, right? Mm-hmm. And the hustle's important, but you know what? The hustle's a lot easier when you have a culture of winning and success behind it. And I think when you have, if if you just have, and this is also tough to do remotely by the way too, but if you just have BDRs and you say, hey guys, go make those 100 calls, tell me how you do, you know, whatever, I need to check off the box for activity. I, I don't think that's gonna be very successful. If you have a team that maybe is in Slack and is collaborating, and just patting each other on the back digitally, especially in a remote world, this this is how we do it. That really builds up a culture and you almost have an element of, it it becomes very clear if people aren't rising to the level one, but I think more importantly, it lifts everyone up and it makes everyone better and it holds them accountable. And it's really just that, it's like that culture of excellence. I I don't know, have you all ever read um, uh, Tom Peters, any of his books? No, I have not, I should add that to my list there's there's a saying he has about excellence is the next five minutes and so it's like you're always you know what can i do better better right now what can i spend this next five minutes to take it to the next level and that's how i like for me personally i can't always do it all the time i, I lo- love to operate like that but I, I like that's how i like to build teams is i want them always thinking like that what can we do in the next five minutes to really just take it to the to the next level of of intensity and success. If those kind of words appeal to you, you're probably going to enjoy being in a in sales. If that sounds awful to you, there's lots of other great careers that don't have that sort of
0: roller coaster of intensity makes makes sense but mm-hmm. you know i think that that philosophy should apply to any job i mean honestly how are you going to progress in life personally or professionally if you don't have an eye towards um, improving and an eye towards getting better sales for, for for good reasons or for bad is a forced function uh, you have no choice you have to have an eye towards getting better very quickly uh, very unforgiving and i think that it, it maybe shortens the uh shortens the curve there um this is this has been amazing. Uh, love the analogies to the time that uh, you had spent um, as a service member. Uh, love the leadership lessons. Uh, I'm going to end on, on one note and one question. Sure. Uh, you have the benefit of hindsight having done a variety of things uh, as an individual contributor, as a sales leader. Uh, you yourself had mentioned that uh, you've changed your position on activity metrics in the past five years or so. If you were able to run into a younger version of yourself um, just as you were about to graduate from the Naval Academy, all that you know today, if you could give yourself just one piece of advice, what would that be? It's a great question.
1: I would say be radically open-minded. You know, be open-minded about the advice that people give you, really absorb what what you're seeing and what you're hearing in order to really synthesize that information and and make your make yourself better and make the people around you better don't think don't take things personally just learn from it and i think those little steps of learning along the way i mean that's at the end of the day that's what life is and i think that you know uh 20 years i graduated from the Naval academy you know 20 years ago but 20 years on um i think about that and you know there's times i wish i was a little a little more humble, and I, I had I had learned a little bit more. But that's what uh, you know a little little age and hopefully a little more wisdom comes with. Um, but at the end of the day, you know I wouldn't do I wouldn't do anything differently. Um, and I just feel you know really really lucky and fortunate to have been around some some great leaders, to have worked for some great folks, to have great folks working for me through the years, and that have come back and continued to work for me. And um, you know, I think it's just a, it's just an awesome journey, and I'm always uh, excited to to share that with other people.
0: So uh, True, true words of wisdom, Gordon. Thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your schedule to uh, you know speak with us today and share share what you've learned with anyone that's interested in a sales career, uh, including sales leaders. I hope that uh, this this advice from you is a masterclass for anyone that's trying to build and say uh, and scale a sales team. Uh, once again, we, we really appreciate your time. Thank you, you're very kind, appreciate it.